Good morning, good morning, and happy Sabbath to the saints of the Most High God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's just a blessing to be here with you this Sabbath morning on behalf of our pastor, Jonathan Fields and First Lady Melody Fields. We want to extend a warm tabernacle of praise. Welcome to you this morning. We trust that you will be blessed as a result of tuning in this morning. And this is so important. We want you to share a link and save a life. We want you to share your page, tell somebody that is happening right here today. Your blessing is right here. It's on the way. You want to share that blessing today. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that you have granted us another opportunity to lift up your holy name. Father, we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit, anoint this service, Lord, be with your worshipers today, that we will see you today. Heal every sin-sick soul today, physically, spiritually, and mentally today. As a result of being here, lifting you up, you said you would draw all men to yourself. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. But we have just a few announcements today. I'm just so excited because next Sabbath, we're going to have our grand reopening. It's hard to believe that this will be the first time we'll be going back into our church in 2022. So we want the saints to go marching in on next Sabbath. We're so excited. And next Sabbath, we're going to end this month uh, with our uh, close out the month of our Black History Month. We want, we want to encourage everyone who can to wear their African attire. And so we're going to close it out on a high note. And just to make a, 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 a we want to just let you know that we are celebrating our 15th year uh, at Tabernacle of Praise. It's been 15 years. Praise the Lord. This month of February. My, why, where has the time gone? But we're so happy that next week we're going to be reopening and we're still going to be uh, practicing social distancing. We still want to encourage you to wear your mask even though we have invested in all of the uh, air scrubbing technology so you can be safe. We're doing everything we can to keep the saints safe. Amen. We do everything we can to let God do the rest. Who says amen, amen. And so next Sabbath, we want you to, um, we want you to register because we want to get a head count so we can know how many people to expect next Sabbath. So go ahead and tell your neighbors and friends that we want all cars pointed towards 1721 Parker Road. We'll still have our Sabbath school at nine o'clock. Amen, which is a blessing every Sabbath. You can tune in on that. Uh, and at 2.30 every Sabbath, we have our disciple our training for discipleship class. We want you to tune in on that as well. Now this Wednesday, um, we're gonna have our area-wide slam prayer meeting. It's every last Wednesday of the month, each month. Uh, we have our slam prayer meeting. So we won't have our traditional prayer meeting, but it's going to be a blessing. We want all churches to come together and be one. Amen. Praise the Lord. So at this time, we're going to turn it over to our stewardship department. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's a great day. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day, probably pretty cold, but 
it's a great day today. Every day that you wake up is a great day. Every day that you can wake up and use your time, talent, temple, a treasure for God, that's an awesome day. Today, our, um, we're going to have a Black history emphasis, and this is called a chance of a lifetime, a chance of a lifetime. Have you ever wondered how your behavior today may affect the futures of other people tomorrow? Be it good or bad, but your behavior today may affect the futures of others tomorrow. You may save a life of someone or your kind act could start a ripple that could affect the lives of millions of people. One man's simple act of kindness not only affects our lives today, but continue, will continue to affect our lives throughout eternity. This man is Simon of Serene. He's a, he was called, he's a Serenian. He was from the northern coast of Africa. This was a black man. He was a descendant of Ham, Noah's son. Shem, well, uh, all three of these men, all three of Noah's son met at the cross. Shem was from the, his descendants were Jewish. And then Japheth was Romans. And Ham, he was not a, affiliated with the church. He just happens to be on this particular day uh, passing by. So here's the story. It's not much written about uh not much written about him in the Bible, not much written about Simon at all. But here's what we know. As they came out, you know, as they were taking Jesus to be hung on the cross, he was trying to carry this cross. But Jesus had been fasting since the Passover. He had, uh, hadn't taken any food or drink. He had spent all night in the Garden of Gethsemane in conflict with satanic agencies. I know some of us know what it's like to be in conflict with satanic agencies. And when they laid the cross on him, um, it was too much for him to bear. They had scourged him. And after the second time of scourging him, it was too much for him to bear. But the prophecy said he would hang upon the tree. So if he can't carry the cross, you know, the, um, the descendants of Shem, the Jewish people weren't going to carry it because they couldn't because they were um, in Passover and they didn't want to defile themselves. One of their many rules. And then you had Japheth, that was the Romans. They weren't going to carry this cross for him. That was out of the question because they were under the Roman uh, Romans leadership. But along comes Simon. And Simon hears all of this noise and wonders what this great noise is about. And as he comes up and see this pathetic man under this cross and, and they're trying to make him carry it and, and he can't walk but a few steps. And he came up on it. He was the only one who was not a member or a part of this great crowd of people. And so he was in hearing all the towns and all of the negativity pointed towards him. Now I want to pause and say this too. Jesus' friends were in that crowd. They didn't step forward. Sometimes the traditions of men will just make us our beliefs, our thoughts about what we can do and can't do based on laws and rules set by somebody else, not the Bible, will prevent us from doing just a simple kind act. His friends didn't even do it. Just want to throw that out there. Um, so I wonder if Jesus had died while, while they were putting the cross on him, but he never hung on the cross. Will we have the blessing of salvation? That's just a question. The Romans wouldn't carry it, as I said, and, and, but someone, not a member of that community, not a member of the church, not a member of that, that immediate community, an ordinary person on an ordinary day like today was passing by and decided to carry the cross for Christ to Calvary. He didn't seek this opportunity. You know, sometimes we want to put ourselves in the place, and I think it's good 
but sometimes an opportunity that you don't know how great it is will just come. You have to be prepared. You have to be looking for it. It presented itself to him. He answered the call to kindness when it presented himself. Now, this act of kindness wasn't a big thing. I mean, it wasn't like asking him to, you know, go to the White House and, and um, eat dinner with someone as a kind act. No, no, no. This was to carry the cross for a presumed criminal. And this shows what type of person he was. He did what others were too vain to do. His reward is that he did the last earthly act of kindness for Jesus. Can you imagine that? You're just walking along, minding your own business, and you run up on this situation. Now, he didn't know what he ran up on, but he, this was the last act of kind, earthly act of kindness for Jesus. This week, people, opportunities to do simple acts of kindness will present themselves to you. Because Simon did what he did, he carried that cross with Jesus by his side. Jesus is carrying our cross with us by our side. No matter how terrible folk want to treat you as a black person, brown person, as a minority of any kind, as any type of person, poor, you know, Jesus is carrying that burden with you, no matter what the burden is. Simon carried that cross uh, to Calvary for Jesus. You don't know, and most likely will never know the long-term impacts of your act of kindness. It may have a lasting effect on the life of, of someone else in this world, but it may also lead that person to eternal life. You're always welcome to do a kind act. To this week, kind acts will present themselves. Opportunities will present themselves. They're all around us. Take the time and do that kind act. You don't know what the long-term effects are. Now, you all can always, always help us out. You can help us do our kind acts by supporting us. And you can support our ministry to your community by cash-apping us through dollar sign, top giving, or you can go to adventistgiving.org and look for Tabernacle Praise, press that button, and you can give that way. Or you can look at topsdachurch.org. You can go there and you can find the button, press it, and you can give there. Or if you want to, as he said, stop by and just ask, how can I help? Because the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few, and we need all, all decks on hand. God is good. You guys make this a great day. Look for those opportunities to, to share your talents, your time, talent, temple, and treasure to help someone else this week. Take care and make this an awesome day. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Carol, for just reminding us of our American Black history in the Bible, the act of kindness. That was beautiful. And I always want to look to help somebody because people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care for them. And so we just, we're just so happy just to uh, be here this morning. And we just want to let you know that our pastor uh, is on assignment via the president. He's down at our sister church, the mother church, Berean. You know, they've been without a pastor and they have been assigned a new pastor. Praise the Lord. And so the pastor has responsibility of announcing uh, the selection of that pastor today. Amen. So we want to continue to pray for Berean Church. And so we are going to, after our special music by our own sister Beverly Stewart Anderson, we are going to join uh, that Berean service in pro progress. 
And we're gonna have Pastor Jamon Jimerson, who's gonna bring, uh, he's the special speaker for today. So put on your seatbelts, get ready to be blessed, and we'll see you next Sabbath. Praise the Lord. He's got the whole world in his hands. Thank you so much. Thank you, Willie. We got a program that's, that's set, and I don't have to tell you, you all live in the same world that I live in. You got, and everything that you think is lined up to happen, you got to be ready. If you don't. Yeah. Are you planning to go? Just, just to let you know that we are going to have a phenomenal time today. We got uh, several things on the agenda. On the agenda for today, we have our uh, ATP. It's a combination. We have make a, uh, an announcement at the end of the service. And, uh, but then we also have yeah, uh, one of our own back in town, and he was able to 
You don't want to scare yourself. Sit back and relax. I'm an extrovert. I'm safe. Experience here today. So as we just continue to just worship the Lord. So they're getting a new pastor He told us. No, he told us who it was. I didn't know. The hope of and I tell you. Oh no! Usually they do have the pastor. ones that have uh, that I have on order and we should have enough but I want to fill those that I had uh, had got previous and then uh, we're gonna uh, order the ones that, that that need to be ordered so uh, just a brief a brief uh, commercial if you have it just to get our, our attention as we uh but this one is it, it was this it was today's and it's called trusting. And I'm finding that you got to trust God even more every minute, every hour. But it uses Job uh, 13, 15, which says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. It's easy to trust God on a warm day when all is well and you find a parking place in the perfect spot and people everywhere are smiling. But when things are falling apart, trusting God can be far more difficult. What happens when a tornado destroys a town and it's your town, it's your home? Tragedy usually strikes other families. What happens when it strikes yours even the children of most even the children of the most faithful believers come down with cancer long life belief in Jesus long life believers in Jesus get Alzheimer's committed Christians die in tragic accidents for some people one of the great mysteries of life of faith is what believers are not always exempt from life's harshest and bitter circumstances. But it must be, but it must be remembered that faith in God was never intended to be a guarantee against sickness or suffering. The Apostle Paul prayed three times that God would remove the thorn of flesh. But his prayers wasn't answered in the way that he had hoped. The faithful saint Dorcas became sick and died. James was beheaded. And Job lost not only most of his family, but also virtually all of his possessions. The circumstances of our lives are not a measure of God's faithfulness. The extent of God's faithfulness is settled was settled millenniums ago. In the beginning, God created the world in an expression of his heart of love. Several thousand years later, Jesus died on the cross while we were yet still sinners. God has given to the world the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise of everlasting life. There is no question that God is faithful. The trials that come into our lives are opportunities for us to understand our own faithfulness.
Job was able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. While we don't always understand why God permits certain circumstances, we can trust him. Such a testimony not only speaks volumes to those looking, but also tell God we are not merely fair-weather Christians. And what I'm understanding it, and I'm, I'm sure you are because you're all in the same world that I am. You got to be ready for whatever because the game has changed on all levels, on worship, on, on your job, uh, just everything. But I tell you here today, we're going to enjoy the Sabbath. Jesus is going to be lifted up. You're going to be, you're going to experience Jesus Christ and you're going to see him, feel him, and experience him most of all. So as we just continue to just praise God today and just be ready to, uh, to just get the blessings that God would have us as a result of us being here and what the, what the Sabbath is designed for. Like I say, I, I, I want to say welcome to our APT in the area, and he's going he's gonna to give us some announcements, and the announcements is for the pastor that we have coming. So the decision has been made, and uh, we are turning that corner. And then, uh, so, so as we just continue to just praise the Lord here, uh, as we are making adjustments, we got some announcements from my sister here. Uh, if you want to come and make your announcements at this time, as we just continue to just enjoy the Sabbath and how God is, is going to bless us today. Good morning again and happy Sabbath, saints. To the saints present and the saints afar, we're so glad to have seen another Sabbath day. And if you're happy like I am, just imagine where we're going to be when we have that Sabbath in heaven, right? So this is, again, dress rehearsal for us. So the city of St. Louis has a lot going on. We know this. Like my brother said, it's time to turn a corner. And... A group of people have been called together to do just that in our city. There's so many needs, but one of the needs we want to address is the medical situation, access to medical care. People are suffering from all kinds of things, from um, diabetes to obesity to heart attacks, cardiovascular diseases. And we have a wonderful health message, don't we? The servant of the Lord says that our health message is an entering wedge that we could use as a witness. And so there's no reason why we can't do just that here in St. Louis. So um, we have a group, like I said, the St. Louis Metropolitan Adventist Health Clinic. Now this is a big ask, but we know we have a big God. But we also need your time, talent, and treasure to help us because this is our effort. Okay, this is something we're trying to do together. And we're gonna go into the community. If you've heard of Pathway, it's similar to that on a much smaller scale. But we're planning to go into the community to provide free medical services. And as the Lord blesses us, we'll add additional services like dental services, like eye services. Um, but we need people, we need volunteers. So I have some volunteer forms. 
If you're interested, it explains what roles we need for volunteers and it tells you exactly what that role is going to do. So whatever the talent is God has given you, we're asking you to get on board to help us. And we're asking this across not just central states, but also uh, Iowa, Missouri. The group is uh, pretty large. So we need you to come on board with us. This, this first event that we're doing, which is a pilot event, it's not as big as we'll be because we plan to continue to grow, but it is February 27th from 1 to 3, and it's going to be at Northside Church. Amen? We think this is a great opportunity for us to share the love of God in our city and to reach people with the gospel message because we know time is short. Amen? So we want to get busy for the Lord. Thank you. I look forward to talking with you about this. Amen. Oh, the flyer. Yeah, that's the fundraising part. Of course, it takes money. <laughs> so we're asking you to do something really easy, simple, easy peasy. $22. Asking every member if you can give $22 towards this effort in 2022. God is doing something new here. Now, what you can't read, but I also put on there in the little red, if God has blessed you that you're able to give more, then so be it. We, we need all the funds we can get to get this off the ground. We're trying to partner even with people in other cities. But this is a fundraiser, so we're asking you if you're able, if you're on board with this, if you see Christ uh, in this, to give $22 toward this effort. Put it on your tithe envelope, the St. Louis Metropolitan Adventist Health Clinic, and we'll be sure to get it, okay? Thank you. Happy Sabbath. Enjoy the rest of your Sabbath. this time we're going to ask that everyone present in this building stand because we are going to honor those that came before us by paying homage to those who laid their lives for the cause of other black individuals lift every voice and sing is the number that we are going to sing. So I'm going to ask Brother Terrace to come and, and help us out as we sing Lift Every Voice and Sing. When this was first performed, there were a group of 500 youngsters, 500 individuals that were gathered all under the age of 18. And they sang this song for the first time. After that performance, it caught on. And everybody wanted to sing this. And everybody wanted to learn it. It spoke to the, the struggle that African Americans have gone through. So lift your voices. And as we sing, lift every voice and to sing.
Good afternoon, everyone. I'll say it again. Good afternoon. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good that he woke us up this morning. Not only did he wake us up, it's good that he allowed us to just go in the bathroom and brush our teeth. Amen? If you don't have teeth, he allowed you to put your dentures in. Amen? Then he started us on our way. He gave us traveling mercies. Amen? Then we come into the prayer of house and worship to be with the children of God. Amen? 
We serve an awesome God. We serve a good God. We serve an almighty God. Hallelujah. I said in 2021 that I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus every time that I get an opportunity. So today is an opportunity that I can lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's time for the intercessory prayer. I just want to give a, just a quick testimony. As I was in my secret closet in my, in my basement, I was praying and being thankful to God for my children. I have four children. And one of my daughters, it was a while back, and I just pondered and thought about it. She was in an accident, and she flipped five times on the highway. Five times. The jaws of life had to cut her out the car. But she came out with just a scratch. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask that you would open up your heart, that you would bow your head, and that you would close your eyes as we pray this afternoon with intercessory prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to your throne of mercy and your throne of grace today. We thank you that we have gathered today in your name. I don't have to ask for your presence because you two or three are gathered together. You are in the midst of your children. So Father God, we have gathered in your name and we ask in the name of Jesus that you would just have your way, that you would move up and down the pews today. Move in, out there in, uh, in out there, uh, those that are out there in, in uh, Facebook, that you would move and have your way, that you would heal us with your supernatural healing power, that you would, Father God, allow your spirit to just fall afresh upon us. Father God, we have come from the east and the north and the south and the west, Father God, because we know that when we come into your presence, blessings will shower down upon us. So we ask right now in the name of Jesus the Christ that your Holy Spirit would move and have its way this day. We ask, Father God, now that you would bless our finances, Father God, to the church today. We ask that, Father God, that you would bless those who do, who do not have a way, who do not have a job, Father God. That you can still, Father God, put food on their table. And bless those, Father God, who do have a job, Father God, that you can continue to come to your house of prayer and worship and to support your church with tithe and offerings. And Father God, I pray for the sick and the afflicted and those that are shut in, Father God. I ask that you would just use your Holy Spirit to help them, to heal them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. And Father God, they will give a testimony and they will say, Father God, that you have healed them. Father God, I pray that those who are struggling with COVID uh, situations, Father God, I ask now that you would just be in the hospitals, be in the sick rooms, be, Father God, in our bedrooms. Father God, we just now, we know that you can heal. We know that Jesus is the great physician. So, Father God, we call upon him right now to just have his way and move in these situations. And most of all, Father God, I pray for the speaker of the hour, that you would just touch his lips with coal from on high, that you would give him a word for your people. And as a result, somebody would say, what must I do to be saved? So, Father God, we lift up you today in your place, in your house of prayer and worship, and we just thank you for all that you do. Let us dare not take you for granted. In Jesus' name we do pray. And let the saints of God say amen and amen.
Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, we are, we are constantly bombarded with uh, commercials everywhere, and uh, even in the church. So I'm going to give you all a, another commercial because we got some events going on in the background that we need to buy a little bit more time. So I'll give you all a, another commercial, and, uh, and it's coming from the same book, Hope of Glory. And uh, as we just continue to just worship here in spirit and in truth. But this one is entitled uh, Winners. And it's, uh, it uses 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. It says, do you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receive the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. It has often been said after a sporting contest, it is regrettable that there can only be one winner. When American tennis player John Eisner won the longest match in professional tennis history, beating the Frenchman Nicholas Mayhart, 70 games to 68, in the fifth set of five-set marathon. He said, it stinks someone had to lose. Anyone who has run all of the 26 miles and 385 yards of a marathon will tell you it is a grueling event. Yet, whenever there is a sprint to the finish of the marathon, only one athlete can get to the finish line first. The other athlete, after training and planning and competing and hurting, can do no better than second. It's a shame someone had to lose. The citizens of the city of Corinth were very familiar with sporting contests, regularly hosting sporting events very similar to the Olympic Games. Paul referred to these ancient games in his first letter to the Corinthians. They all run, Paul said, but there's only one winner. So run to win. It would make absolutely no sense to dedicate your life to a sports endeavor only to fall to give your best when competing on your sports biggest stage. Because there's only one winner, competitors gave their all as they strove to win. But Christians can celebrate that in a Christian race, there's more than one winner. This is the difference. This is the difference between a sporting contest Paul referenced in the Christian faith. You need not be the fittest, the fastest, or the strongest Christian in town. You need, not own, you need not look with envy at the natural gifts or talents of other believers and wish you could have, have had what he or she has. In the Christian race, every believer in Jesus can be victorious. Unlike the athletic events, faith isn't a matter of being First across the line, if you can have faith in Jesus, you can be a winner eternally. 
I tell you, it fits right along. I don't look at hardly no TV because uh, it's, it's just too crazy sometimes to look at it. But they all ought to get medals for just being able to compete on how cold it is over there. It's like sub-degrees over there. But in the Christian uh, race, we all are winners. And as we are just continually being bombarded with everything, I commend you all for just taking out of your time, out of your schedule, to come and sit and, 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 and see Jesus being lifted up and experience firsthand because the, 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 the battle is already won. All we have to do individually is accept Jesus Christ because he's the answer to all of our situations and problems, circumstances, and whatever. But as we just continue to just uh, worship God here, we are, we're just going to uh, just keep Jesus lifted up. And as his word says, as he's lifted up, he'll do the drawing. So as we, uh, as we try to understand how people give you signals to, okay. <laughs> All right. AJ, you got a song? All right, we got a, another song, and then we'll continue with the program as we experience Christ in a special way today. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody.
Amen. 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 I want to thank, want to thank Brother Charles for that rendition. I tell you, Brother Charles is going to be uh, leaving us. He's going to the uh, West Coast, am I? California. Irvine, California. So you all might want to just uh, give him some love uh, for today because he's been, he's been with us for a while, but he's making a transition to the West Coast. But uh, I tell you, if I wasn't on board, I'm going to get on board. I tell you, again, um, we uh, are just, just elated to have uh, our speaker for today. He's no stranger here. But he, uh, I don't have his bio, and it's too long to even read. Uh, I, I, after, after another song, he's, uh, he's on the East Coast lifting up Jesus. God, I've seen this brother, uh, as a matter of fact, matriculate to where he's at now. And I know he's a man of God. And I know he's a man that's following how the Spirit is leading him. And God has opened some doors that... Uh, None of us thought he could open, and he does the same thing for all of us if we just follow how he's moving. So, uh, Jermon Jemison, he's, he's a brother that I love and respect, and uh, like I say, I go back to back anywhere on this planet just lifting up Jesus uh, because I know his, 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 his strength and power and where his heart is at. He's a man of God. So after uh, we have a, a song... Uh, give your uh, full attention on how the, the Lord is going to use him here today to bless us uh, with the word of God. So as we, uh, we have another song uh, from a, a dear friend of mine that uh, will sing. And after, after this song, um, hear ye him, the man of God, for, for this day and this hour as we just continue to, to worship God here in spirit and in truth. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. This is home for me. I'm glad to be here today. Please pray with me as I bring this song.
strength was all gone when my heart had no song still in love he's proved faithful to
Maybe wake you up this morning, start you on your way. Come on, come on, let's praise the Lord together in this place today. I don't know about you, but there was a bullet with my name on it, but, but, but it didn't hit me because God, God is good. There was an accident waiting for me, but I got here safely this morning because God is good. And so I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today, but I think I got at least one or two or three folk who can stand to their feet right now and just throw your hands up and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Oh, it's good to be back home. Come on, say amen. Amen. And amen. It's so good to see your wonderful faces, your face in the place. Today, I'm, 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 I'm so tempted to call out so many names, but I know I'm not going to hit them all. And somebody's going to say, well, you can call my name earlier today. That's all right. I'm definitely going to say Elder Mitchell. I'll get the rest of y'all a little later. All right. Good to see, good to see you all. Good to see every, everybody in the house today. And I just believe God is going to get the glory. When I pulled up today, I couldn't help but think about um, years and years ago when I had the privilege of, um, of, of being the assistant pastor at this church right here. Good to see my auntie and uncle as well. And, and, and I believe it was about seven months, eight months. It wasn't too long, Danny, but, but, but it, was, it, was, it was a good time nonetheless. And I tell you, Denise, it was, you really don't know what you've learned until you look back. Until you look back and then you begin to thank God for the opportunities to pastor and to be a part of churches, even in St. Louis. Obviously, you all know I was at Lighthouse, and that's my home church as well. But, but, but this, is, this is my home church too, Lighthouse. But this is my home church too, and so I have, I truly counted a privilege and an honor to be here today. Uh, if you hear somebody saying, Daddy, those are, those are my boys over there, Judah and Levi. Some of you are saying, preacher, just shut up and get to the word. But listen, when you get up here, you can do what you want to do. But right now, I'm going to praise the Lord for my two little boys over there. Come on, say that. And so Judah and Levi. Levi is five years old now, going on 50. And uh, Judah, hey son, Judah is three years old. And he, he's the boss, if the truth be told. And then I thank God also for my lovely wife, Tonika. Come on, y'all, put your hands together with God's for a godly, spirit-filled woman of God. What a blessing it is to be back here today. And it looks good, y'all. The carpet looks good. Come on, see it, man. So, look, look, look at it. That carpet looks good. Yes. What's going on, Terrence? Oh, is this a little too loud? This is all right? All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Without further ado, beloved, um, I want to I dive into the word. After all, I believe that's what you came for, but I just wanted to start it by simply saying how, how happy I am, Brother Jonathan, to be, to be back here, to be back home. Um, I'm here under unfortunate circumstances, however. A few weeks ago, uh, my nephew on my father's side, my oldest sister's oldest boy was shot and killed. And um, at, at the tender age of 22 years old, I tell you, it's, um, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. 
I appreciate your gift as well, my brother. It's very unfortunate, but um, you know, even though we're here under unfortunate circumstances, I still give God praise that I'm here nonetheless because now God provided this opportunity. And so I pray that you bear with the preacher. Uh, it's been a long time, but God is still good. God is still good. I want to I want to I want to take your attention without further ado as the musicians continue to play softly. I want to take your attention to the book of Exodus. What book did I say everybody? Good to see you. Oh, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 7 through 13. And then we're also going to look at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 and we're going to look at uh, verses 40 and 41 there. But we're going to start with Exodus chapter 3, and I want you to go there with me. I want you to go there with me, those of you who have your Bibles, those of you who have your devices, your, your, your Apple devices, dare I say Android uh, devices. <laughs> but I want you to go there with me. And once you go there, would you be so kind to just stand to your feet all over the sanctuary? We do this for two reasons. One, one, in honor of the sacred word of God, huh? And then secondly, we do this to shake off some of that sleep-itis. Come on, say amen. I know some of y'all went to bed at 2 in the morning, but I ain't going to point no fingers. Bam! Right there. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. Reading and you're hearing from the English Standard Version. Notice what the Word of God says. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. The Lord said, who said it, everybody? Now, by the way, in case y'all forgot, you got to talk back to me now. All right, I'm the kind of preacher where you got to talk back to me. I don't want to keep you all day, but we will if you don't talk back to me. The Lord said, who said it? Oh, we got a church today. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Uh, Black History Month, help us, Lord. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, all the ites. Come on, say amen, somebody. Verse 9, and now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression, the oppression, the oppression. I've seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I shall go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Verse 13, Then Moses said to God, Who said it to God? Who said it to God? Then Moses said to God, if I come, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am 
who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. Exodus 12, this one won't be long, I promise. Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, verse 40 and 41. Exodus 12, verse 40 and 41 reads, reads this way. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430, what everybody? Was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt, went out from the land of Egypt, went out from the land of Egypt. Beloved, just for a little while, just for a little while, if I get excited, y'all pray for me. I want to preach from the subject simply entitled, Understanding the Assignment According to Moses. Understanding the Assignment According to Moses. Let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven, it is now your time. And we're asking that you do what you do best. Show up and get all the glory you so deserve. Holy Spirit, we're asking that you do what you do best. And that is allow this word to find a lodging place in the hearts of your people. And last but not least, we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing them to put holes in your hands and holes in your feet that you may fill the holes in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people both in-house and online, said amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Understanding the assignment according to Moses. Elder Fields, good to see you and your family. A couple weeks ago, I started a series at my church entitled Understanding the Assignment. I shared with them that the phrase, I understood the assignment, is a popular way to celebrate and or compliment someone who goes above and beyond the call of duty. I shared with them that understanding the assignment is not just executing. But understanding the assignment is executing well. Let me say it one more time for this side in case you missed it. I share with them that understanding the assignment is not just executing, but understanding the assignment is executing well. It's going above and beyond. It's going the extra mile. Catherine, it's giving 110%, not 90, not 95, not 99.99, but it's, it's, it's giving 110%. It's being on top of your game. Please understand that if someone says you understood the assignment, it simply means you killed it. Am I talking to anybody? It can be your outfit. It can be your schoolwork. It can be your job. When someone gives you an assignment and you knock it out of the park, it is safe to say you understood, ah, I'm going somewhere, stick with me, the assignment. 
Let me see if I can make it plain for you all today. When God created my beautiful, intelligent, sophisticated, nurturing, mindful, and spiritual wife, I, I, I think it's safe to assume he understood the assignment. I can't get no help in here today. When someone gives you an assignment and you knock it out of the park, it is safe to say you understood the assignment. And although God gives to all of us one ubiquitous assignment, one universal assignment, which is to go and make disciples, which is to go and baptize, which is to go and teach, there are some specific assignments, specific assignments, not Pacific. You know us black folk, we love to say Pacific, not specific. I can't get no help today. But, but, but specific assignments that God gives as well. And I believe Moses is going to help us understand those assignments a little bit better on today. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. This time I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, for I say, through the grace given to me, Paul speaking now, who's speaking? Come on, talk to me, who's speaking? For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. That's the King James Version, Sister Powell. But allow me, allow me just for a moment to read to you how, 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 how the English Standard Version puts it. My favorite. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself, herself, more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Want to just highlight and underscore that right there. Uh, assigned. I like that word assigned there. And here is what I want you to get. Here is what I want you to see, Berean. According to the text, God assigns to everyone. Not a few, not some, not a whole lot, but everyone. God assigns to everyone a measure of faith. And one of the reasons God assigns to everyone a measure of faith is to accompany them to execute the assignment given to them. In other words, not only is faith without works dead, but your assignment without faith is dead too. One of the reasons God gives to each of us a measure of faith is because you will need some kind of faith just to believe that the assignment given to you is possible to accomplish in the first place. And if the truth be told, this is why many of us run from the assignment, hide from the assignment. We run when we come to the realization that the assignment that God gives to us requires faith. There it is. Curtis faith because faith will be necessary to remain committed faith faith will be necessary in order to endure faith faith will be necessary in order to succeed although the assignment given to us will always present a challenge your faith in God will be enough to push you forward am I talking to anybody today You may not understand the assignment in its totality, but your faith ought to push you forward. I'm in the Bible now. 
Moses didn't have it all together. Am I talking to anybody? Because he wasn't the only one. Moses didn't have it all together. But his faith was enough to push him forward. He didn't understand the assignment in its totality. But after talking to God, after his burning bush experience, he understood that the assignment would require something called faith. Let me just park my vehicle right here for a moment and remind someone that you don't have to understand the assignment in its totality in order to be successful. God doesn't need a perfect vessel in order to accomplish his will. God just needs a willing vessel to accomplish his will. You see, the one who thinks he's a perfect vessel says, I won't move until everything is in place. Perfect vessel perfect vessel. He says, she says, I won't move, I won't budge unless everything is in place. I must have all the details. I must see all the minutes from the previous strategic planning committee. I, I must be aware of the pros and the cons. Plan B must be in place and ready to activate. I must know all parties involved. I need to know how long the assignment will take. I need to be acknowledged at the end of the assignment and my survival for the assignment must be guaranteed. That's what one who thinks they're a perfect vessel would say. But a willing vessel, I can't get no help today, but a willing vessel doesn't say any of that. Instead, a willing vessel just says, here I am, Lord, send me. And please don't misunderstand me now, Marie, and for, 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 for a willing vessel is not saying that details of the assignment don't matter. Instead, willing vessels are simply saying that the lack of details and not fully understanding the assignment won't stop them from going. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am. Is there anybody in the house today that has a here I am, Lord, send me attitude? Is there anybody present here today that has a here I am, Lord, send me now attitude? I can tell, I come to tell somebody today that, that the God we serve is not looking for perfect vessels. Instead, he's looking for a willing vessel. Here I am, Lord, send. Ah, I, I sin. Send me. I'm not perfect, Jesus, but 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 here I am. Send me. I ain't got it all together, but here I am, Lord. Send me. I didn't graduate on time. I got my GED. Doesn't have all the degrees. Don't have all the money, but here I am, Lord. Send me. And I've come to tell somebody today that that's. What the Lord is looking for in these last days, he's not looking for what you have. He's looking for what you are willing to submit to him. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And so here we are in the text. Moses receives his specific, not specific, but, 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 but he receives his specific assignment from the Lord. And the assignment that, that, that Moses receives, auntie, uh, uh, the assignment that, that, that Moses receives uh, is, is, is huge. It's massive. It's, it's, it's weighty. And as we examine the assignment given to Moses, to, I believe by understanding his assignment, we can better understand our assignment. Am I talking to anybody? I believe by, 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 by understanding his assignment, we can better understand 
our assignment. And so I'll share three quick points regarding his assignment and then get out of your way. Is that all right? Talk back to me. Is that all right? Amen. The first thing you must do, beloved, if you're going to understand your assignment, is you must understand that your assignment will always address a problem. The first thing you must do if you want to understand your assignment, now if you don't want to understand, it doesn't apply to you. I get it. But if you want to understand your assignment, the first thing you must do is understand that your assignment will always address a problem. God doesn't just hand out meaningless and insignificant assignments. God doesn't just pass out meaningless and insignificant assignments. I don't know about you, but, 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 but one of the things I hated about school, and I love school, by the way, but this is one of the things that I disliked about it, was when the teacher would give us something called busy work. Am I talking to anybody? Any students in the house today when the teacher just gives you busy work? The busy work didn't really have any meaning to it. It didn't have any purpose to it. This, this is what the teacher just put together because they didn't have nothing else to give you, but they wanted to keep you occupied. They didn't really trust you to be mature enough to just study by your lonesome. They didn't really trust you to just utilize the time to do something else productive. They didn't really trust you, so they gave you something that really wasn't purposeful, and it was really busy work. But can I tell you that the God we serve, he doesn't just give you busy work. Understand, beloved, that God's assignments are served with purpose. God's assignments are, are, are time-sensitive. God's assignments are people sensitive. God's assignments are culture sensitive. God's assignments are both weighty and intentional because they are designed to combat the problem that has us in the position we are currently in today, and that's called sin. More specifically, and not specifically, Y'all can remember that today. More specifically, the problem that the children of Israel are facing is one of bondage. They are enslaved. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? They are mistreated. They are being ostracized. They are being treated like animals. But God says, I want you to know I recognize the problem. You don't believe me? It's right here in the text. Verse 7. Go there with me. Go there with me. I want you to see it. Exodus 3, verse 7, verse 7. Here it is. Watch this. Watch this. God recognizes and sees the problem. Then the Lord said, we just read it, I have surely seen the, I have surely seen. Nothing just passes by the desk of God. God says, I, I, I have surely seen seeing the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. So he saw it and he heard it. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to a land flowing with milk and honey. Ah, to bring them to a place with all the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Ites. You recall verse 9, and come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them, with which the, Egypt the Egyptians oppress them. 
God recognizes the problem and decides to use a willing vessel to address it. Stick with me, y'all. God recognizes the problem, Pastor Fields. He, he sees the problem. He hears the problem. He clearly recognizes it. And the Bible says that he, he's about to do something about it. Ah, somebody ought to shout hallelujah. He's about to do something about it. God recognizes the problem and decides to use a willing vessel to address it. And while many of us run and hide from the responsibility, we ought to be thankful that God thinks enough of us to use us to address a problem. You see, every problem can't be trusted to every person. Talking to somebody. Every, every problem can't be trusted to every person. And the fact that God uses you to be a part of the solution is the vote of confidence that ought to motivate you. Think about it. Out of all the people to help God address a problem, he chose you. With your inadequacies and all, he chose you. With all your trauma, he chose you. With all your mess, he chose you. With your big gossiping mouth, he chose you. With all your doubt and all your fear, he chose you. And so instead of complaining and running from the assignment, just go ahead and accept the vote of confidence and let God use you to complete the assignment. Somebody shout glory to God. In other words, stop assuming that your assignment will be trouble free. Stop assuming that your, that, your, that your assignment will be headache free. Stop assuming that your assignment will be heartache free. Stop assuming that your assignment will be problem free. Your assignment will always address a problem so you can always be reminded of the problem solver. Somebody ought to shout glory. He's a problem solver. Ah, he's the problem solver. I don't know about you, but, 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 but one thing about my daddy, he can fix stuff. Ah, one thing about my daddy, he knows how to fix stuff. I'm reminded of my little ones, both Levi and Judah. You all who have kids, you understand. Whenever they break a little toy, whenever they mess something up, they always come on to daddy. And they say, daddy, can you fix it? Daddy, can you fix it? And I can't always get it right, but I do my best to glue something together, tape something together, put something together, rubber band something together and the reason they keep coming back to daddy is because every single time they come daddy fixes it and I just came to tell somebody today that your daddy who, who, who resides in heaven can still fix it I don't care how long you've been struggling in your marriage, he can fix it. I don't care how long you've been addicted to that vice, he can fix it. I don't care how long pornography had you bound, God can fix it. He's a problem solver. He's a, he's a fixer-upper. Come on, say amen, somebody. The first thing you must do, beloved, if you're going to understand the assignment, 
is you must understand that your assignment will always address a problem. Ah, uh, that's the first thing. That's the first thing. The second thing, ma'am, the second thing you must do if you want to understand your assignment is you must understand that your assignment will always exceed your ability to manage. Hi, it's quiet in here today, Elder. It's quiet in here today. I, the second thing you must understand, beloved, if you want to understand your assignment, is that your assignment will always, always exceed your ability to manage. In other words, when God gives you an assignment, it will always be too big for you to handle by yourself. When God gives you a specific assignment, not specific, but specific assignment, ah, when God gives you a specific assignment, it will always, it, will, it, it is always greater than your ability to handle. And the reason God does this is because he wants us to be reminded of how much we need him in order to succeed. In other words, a big problem requires a big God. Come on, say amen, somebody. A big problem requires a big God. And you better believe slavery was a big problem. God's people were never intended to be locked up and locked down. God's people were never intended to be bound. Mama Harris, God's people were never intended to be treated unjustly. You better believe that, that this big problem was too big for Moses to accomplish by himself. You don't believe me? It's in the text. Exodus chapter 3, go there, go there, go there with me, go there with me. Exodus chapter 3, we're still here in verse 10 now. Verse 10 through 14, watch it, watch it here. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh. This is God talking to Pharaoh now, you know it. Come, giving him marching orders. Come and I will send you, and I will send you to everybody. I will send you to who, everybody? To Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I shall go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Verse 12, he said, but I will be with you. Well, I can pre just preach that thing right there. But I will be with you. Ah, focus, focus, Pastor, focus. But I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Verse 13, then Moses said to God, if I come... Mm, if I come, if I come to the people, if, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, just giving your Bible, stick with me, all right? What is his name? What shall I say to him? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to Moses says, after, after, after having, having received specific instructions, after, after receiving a specific assignment, after, after, after giving marching orders, Moses says to him, if I go. Now, 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 if is quite different than when. 
Y'all not listening to me. If is quite different than when. If is a very strong and weighty uh, conjunction. Am I talking to any English majors in the house today? If. If does not guarantee. If is simply saying there's a possibility. Or you're listening to me. If is not when. And dare I say the reason. The reason Moses says if and not when is because if is because Moses has not has not fully agreed to the assignment. Moses is still wrestling with the assignment. He's still struggling with this assignment because the assignment is bigger than him. Y'all know the story? Moses makes all the excuses in the world. Oh, uh, uh, I can't talk. I got a stuttering tongue. God says, I didn't ask you about your mouth. Who you think made your mouth? All I need you to do is open your mouth. I'll put the word in. See, I can testify because I know what it's like to have a staggering tongue. But you know what God did for me? God didn't take that thing away. If you hang around me enough, you will hear the stutter from time to time. But what God does is God says, I'm going to put you in a situation that's going to stretch you because you're too comfortable. And so he says, Jemison, I'm going I'm to I'm take you to school and put you in some group projects since you don't like to speak. He says, Jemison, I'm going to make you a pastor where your assignment is to speak the, 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 the gospel to the masses. I, there was that stutter. The, 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 did you hear it? I, God said, I'm going to put you in some board meetings. I'm going to put you in some business meetings. I'm going to have you leading some strategic planning meetings. I'm going to put you in prayer meetings. I'm going to put you in all of these different things and show you that although it's too big for you, it ain't too big for me. Ain't too big for me. Ain't too big for me. We serve a mighty God, a big God. We serve a mighty God and a big God. God will always assign you with tasks bigger than you so you can learn to lean on him for your source of strength. Your assignment has to be, has to be. It has to be. Are you listening to me? Your assignment has to be. And if it's not, it ain't from God. Because why would God give you something you can handle by yourself? Oh, pray. I just pulled a crap on my back trying to preach so hard. Y'all pray for the preaching. Good God Almighty. I'm getting old, y'all. Your assignment has to be bigger than you because it's the only way God gets, ah, here it is, the glory. See, 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 if you can handle it by your lonesome, God don't get the glory. If you're smart enough to figure it out by yourself, God don't get the glory. If you can handle it with no help from heaven, God don't get the glory. So God says, I'm going to put you in some positions that may not be comfortable because that's the way I'm going to stretch you and get the glory. The first thing you must do, beloved, if you're going to understand your assignment, is you must understand that your assignment will always address a problem. The second thing you must do, if you want to understand the assignment 
is you must understand that your assignment will always exceed your ability to manage. And then lastly, 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 if you're going to understand your assignment, hear me, people of God. If you're going to understand your assignment, you must understand that your assignment may be given to you, but it is never solely for you. <sighs> Let me say it one more time for the folk in the back. If you're going to understand your assignment, you must understand that your assignment may be given to you, but it is never solely for you. The assignment is given to Moses, Albert, but the assignment is not just for Moses. Although the assignment is given to Moses, please understand that the assignment is for Israel. You don't believe me? It's in the text. Exodus chapter 12. I want to give you a Bible. I'm giving you a Bible. Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, chapter 12. Here it is. Here it is. We read it. Verse 40 and 41. It says, the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 what? Years. Verse 41, at the end of 430 years, on that very day, some of the host. Y'all not reading alone? Most of the host. Many of the hosts. A lot of the host. The majority of the host. No, 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 no. The Bible says, your Bible says, that at the end of 430 years, on that very day, all of the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Listen to me now. Moses is not the only one who leaves Egypt. He ain't the only one. Moses and his small circle are not the only ones. Moses and his homeboys are not the only ones who get to exit Egypt. Because, uh, but, 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 but God uses one to bless many. Come on, talk to me, somebody. God uses one to bless many. As believers, one of the biggest misconceptions that we propagate or circulate is that what God has for me is for me. <laughs> You've heard folks say that before, I'm sure. What God has for me is for me, baby. You've heard it. Listen to me. Listen to me now. What God has for you is not just for you. This stuff we say is sound good. But that ain't true. What God has for you is not just for you. God is bigger than that. God is more inclusive than that. As much as God loves you, you can believe that's how much he loves others. And so when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. shared his dream, it wasn't just about himself and his children and his small circle, but his dream included all black people. He wanted equality and freedom to be experienced by all people. Why? Because he understood that although God gave the dream to him, it wasn't only for him. And so all that money God bless you with, I got news for you. I got news for you. It's not for you only. It gets quiet right around this part right here. Uh huh. That call that God bless you with, I got news for you. It ain't for you only. Ah, that wisdom that God blessed you with, I got news for you. It's not for you only. That gift, that talent.
talent, that assignment may be given to you, but it's never solely for you. Moses, Moses. I'm doing the best I can, son. Moses, Moses. Moses could have easily allowed the oppressor. Somebody say the oppressor. The oppressor. Moses could have easily allowed the oppressor to silence him, but he didn't. Moses could have easily, Toya, allowed the oppressor to stop him, but he didn't. He didn't. <clears throat> he understood that the oppressor was only doing what it does best. Are you listening to me? He understood that the oppressor is only doing what he does best. Daddy, come here for a second. I want to use you for a second. Just come stand right here for me, brother. Stand right there on that end. He understood that, 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 that the oppressor is only doing, on the end of that table for me, is only doing what he does best. The oppressors press. That's what they do. They press. They oppress. They depress. They suppress. They compress. They press. But God says, try not to focus so much on the oppressors pressing. I know it's hard being black in America, but try not to focus on the oppressor pressing. When they chained our people up and made them call their master. Can I tell you? Hold it for me, brother, to my ear. I mean, uh, right there to my mouth. Can I tell you that what they were doing was something called ah, pressing? When they separated husbands from wives and children from their parents, they were pressing closer to me brother listen to me now when they put a liquor store on every corner in the black community they were ah pressing when they forced us to use a different restroom they were pressing when they judged us because of the color of our skin and not the content of our character. They were pressing. They were pressing, beloved. I said they were pressing. I'm good, Danny. They were pressing. But don't go for it. Don't go for it. Stay right there on the side for me. They were, they were, they were what everybody? They were pressing. They were pressing, but God is saying, don't focus on the pressing because I specialize in taking what the enemy meant for evil and meaning it for good. God is saying the reason they kept pressing is because they saw lemons. Ah, but the reason I allowed the pressing is because I saw lemonade. Am I talking to anybody today? 
God says, the reason, the reason they kept pressing is because they saw ah, lemons. But the reason I allowed the pressing, I allowed the pressing is because I saw lemonade. And so when they mistreat you and look down upon you, God is making lemonade. When they talk about you and slander your name, just remember, God is making lemonade. When the road gets tough and you feel like giving up, just remember, God is making lemonade. Ah, when you are about to throw in the towel, when the road gets tough, remember God is making lemonade. And so the next time you see your hater, and you will, the next time you see your hater, the next time you see your oppressor, you want to look them dead in the eye, square in the eye, and tell them, I might be a lemon to you, but I've come to tell you I'm lemonade to God. Tell your boss, I might be a limit to you, but I'm lemonade to God. Tell your ex while you're working on your necks, I might be a limit to you, but I'm lemonade to God. Ah, tell the enemy, I might be a limit to you, but I'm lemonade to God. Ah, I might not be your cup of tea. I might not taste good to you, but I've come to tell you, I taste good to God. I taste good to God. I taste good to him, Berea. I taste good to him, y'all. God says, God says, don't worry yourself too much about the pressing. Because while they're pressing, I'm adding. God says, don't worry too much. That's that sugar there. God says, don't worry too much about pressing. Because, because while they're pressing, watch this, y'all. He says, I'm, 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 I'm adding. God. God adds, God adds sugar. Oh, that's smelling good in the Danny. Ah, come on now, you can't lie on the Sabbath. It smells good, don't it? Watch this now. God, God says, God says, don't worry about the pressing. Because while they're pressing, while they're pressing, I'm making lemonade. God says, not only am I, am I, am I allowing the pressing, but, 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 um, I'm adding. Ah. I'm adding, I'm adding. Watch this, beloved. Watch this, y'all. He says, I'm adding. God says, I'm adding sugar. You good for that, Danny? God says, you can sit down, my brother. God says, I'm adding sugar to your bitter situation. Ah! God says, I'm adding sugar to your bitter situation. God says, not only must I add to your situation, but I must also, come here, stir your situation. Ah, stick with the preacher. We're going somewhere. God says, yes, there's a pressing, and yes, there's an adding, but there's also something called a stirring. Ah, watch this now. God says, that's why you can't give up when you're being stirred up. God says, that's why you can't give up while you're being stirred up. I know it's tough, but God is stirring. I know it seems unfair, but God is stirring. I know it doesn't seem right, but God is stirring. I know they're talking about you. But God is stirring. I know you ain't got where you want to be yet. But God is stirring. God says, don't worry yourself too much about the pressing. Because I specialize in taking what the enemy meant for evil and meaning it for your good. God is saying the reason they kept pressing is because they saw lemons. But the reason I allowed the pressing 
in is because I saw lemonade. Ah, watch this now. And when God gets done adding to your situation, when God gets done stirring your situation, you will be better and not bitter. Am I talking to anybody? I want to take a moment right now and just encourage some sun-kissed, beautiful, handsome, intelligent, and unique child of God right now. Listen to me. You are not just sun-kissed, but you are sun-kissed. Ah, in other words, you are not just kissed by the S-U-N, but you are kissed by the S-O-N. I can't get no help in here today. I don't care what the world tells you. Don't you stop dreaming. Keep believing in the dream and the assignment that God gave you and start believing in what God sees in you. God tells you that you are more than a conqueror. That ought to excite you. When God tells you that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, that ought to spark something on the inside of you. When God tells you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that ought to put a smile on your face. When God tells you you are unique and there is nobody like you, your DNA is different, your fingerprint is different, your personality is different, your temperance is different. He says you are valuable in my sight. He says you are the apple of my eye. He says every hair on your head is numbered. In my case, every hair on my face ah, is numbered. He says every hair on your head is numbered. And by the way, he didn't specify what type of hair was numbered. Which means straight hair isn't the only hair that's numbered. Ah, but curly hair is numbered, and coarse hair is numbered, and kinky hair is numbered, and braided hair is numbered, afro hair is numbered. He says every hair on your head is numbered. That's what God says. That's what God says. And when God says that, that ought to cause you to hold your head up high. That ought to cause you to walk with confidence. That ought to cause you to fulfill your destiny. That ought to cause you to reach your God-given potential while understanding your God-given assignment. God loves you with an everlasting love. Come on, play some song for me. God loves you with an everlasting love. God says, don't focus too much on the pressing because the reason they press is because they see no they see lemons but God says now you can say it but God says the reason I allow the pressing is because I see lemonade God says don't focus too much on the pressing but think about what the oppressing results in he says after the pressing I'm adding, I'm adding so that your, 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 your lemon situation can now become a sweet lemonade situation. I'm adding so that you can be better and not bitter. He says pressing, adding, 
And then he says, stirring. See, this is where you feel like giving up right here. But what you don't realize is you only one step away. God. This is where you want to give up right here. But the stirring is the last step before God releases all the sweetness. Am I talking to anybody? Pressing. Adding. Stirring. The whirlwinds in your life. The trouble in your life. The challenges in your life. The things you pray, why God? Why God? But God is saying, why not you? I'm stirring you up so I can release you. He's stirring. Because after he's done pressing, I'm getting my lips ready now. And after he gets done adding, oh, good God Almighty. And after he gets done stirring, woo! Sweet, I say sweet, baby. Yes, sir. God says, don't run from the pressing. Don't, 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 don't hide from the pressing. I'm allowing it. Because they see lemons, but I see lemonade. And in this lemonade, I'm going I'm to add some sugar. I'm going to stir some stuff up. But when I'm done adding, and when I'm done stirring, your life will never, ever be the same again. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today, but I believe I'm talking to somebody who believes in what they've heard today. If you believe the word, come on, stand on your feet and give God some praise in this place today. Come on, come on, don't be shy. Don't be dignified. God has been too good to you. Come on now. Some of you right now can walk out of here and say, thank God for the living name. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today, but I believe I'm talking to somebody under the sound of my voice who is saying this word, this word, this word was for me because I was being pressed. And I thought God had, had deserted me. I was being pressed on all sides, and I, I thought God abandoned me. I was being squeezed by the pressures of life. And I thought my God came up on me. Well, as a result of this word today, you now believe that God didn't give up on you. God simply used the pressing situation to make your situation better. I'm talking to somebody. You're saying that word was for me. Heads about eyes are closed. You're saying that word was for me. Heads about eyes are closed. You're saying that word was for me. I'm talking to somebody right now who's saying, Preacher, I now see that God wasn't giving up on me. God was just setting me up for success. He allowed the pressing, and then he added, and then he stirred. And that's why I can't give up when he's stirring up. Because the next best thing is me being what God destined for me to be. Heads about eyes are closed. I'm talking to somebody right now who believes in what you heard today. And if that's you, beloved. 
If that's you, all I want you to do is just stand to your feet. If you just believe the word, those of you who are able and willing body, just stand to your feet. If you believe what you've heard on today. And then secondly, I'm talking to somebody who feels oppressed, depressed, suppressed, and compressed. You don't feel like you're going to make it another day. You feel like giving up. You feel like throwing in the towel. You literally feel like dropping out of the race. Before you walked in here today, you thought God gave up on you. But you learned something different. You learned that not only did God not give up on you, but you're literally probably in your stirring situation or phase, and you're one step away from tasting like God wants you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Heads about, eyes are closed. And if that's you, beloved, if you're saying, I felt that way, but I no longer want to feel that way, and I realize that God didn't just set Israel free, but by faith I believe he's already set me free. You believe you are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There is nothing, nothing God won't do for you. If you believe that now, if you believe that now, just stand to your feet. And then lastly, I'm talking to somebody who's saying, Preacher, I didn't move, I didn't stand, I didn't budge, because I need to go deeper than that. Week after week, I hear the same appeal. Week after week, I hear the same conclusion. But this week is different, Pastor. This week, I want to go down in that watery grave. Didn't have to be today, next week, or next month, but today I'm making up in my mind that I want to go down in the watery grave, and I want to come up this time to newness of life. And when I come up this time, I won't come up thinking I'm a lemon, but I'll come up understanding that God is making lemonade. Beloved, if that's you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you're saying, I want to take that step. Heads are bowed, you don't care who's around, who's looking, but you're going to be bold for Jesus. If that's you, would you be so kind and just and so bold and lift your hand where you are? Is there one in the house today? Is there one in the house? Praise the Lord. There's one. Heads about eyes are closed. There's two. Is there another in the place today? There's three. Hallelujah. Is there another in the house today that says, I don't care what man thinks, what man says. There's another. I don't care what people think, but I'm going to go down my Jesus. He's been too good to me. Heads about eyes are closed. Father in heaven, we're so thankful on today. We're thankful that you showed up and showed out. We didn't doubt you one bit, God, because that's what you do. While the oppressors press and suppress and depress and compress, we know what you do is different, oh God. You set us up to be set free. And all you want us to do is relinquish control so you can have your way in our lives. And so, Lord, for those individuals who lifted their hands, for those individuals, oh God, who stood to their feet, and for those individuals who made a decision, oh God, to go down in that watery grave and give their lives to you, I pray that you will seal their decisions. And I pray that even in these last days, you will keep them because you are keeping God. Thank you, God, for reminding us that we ought to understand the assignment. And by understanding the assignment, oh God, we must remember that it will always address a problem.
we must remember that it will always exceed our ability to manage. And we must understand, oh God, that although the assignment is given to us, it is never solely for us. Lord, thank you for the assignment, but thank you as well for being a God who sees us through the assignment. This we pray in the blessed name of Jesus. All God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Let's put our hands together and give God some praise in this place today. God bless you, Berea. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a word from the Lord, amen? My God, my God, my God. Praise his holy name. Brother Jamal, praise his holy name. Now it's time for us to all participate this afternoon in our tithe and offering. Amen? Those lemonades are expensive. <laughs> so I'm going to ask that you would dig deep because the church has a need this afternoon. We still need to get our bills paid. Amen? So we're going to ask uh, that we play some good giving music. In Psalms chapter 50, verses uh, 10 and 11, the Bible says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. And I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. So we're going to ask as we listen to the music, we're going to ask that you would give. Hallelujah. 